This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the 92 Exiles podcast, the Newport County podcast made by the fans for the fans. I'm Ed, I am on hosting duty today. First up, and in the wrong bit of the podcast, um, I wanted to give a shout out to our very own Jamie Harris, who has smashed it out the park in the last few weeks. Firstly, with that interview that he did with uh, John Pratt, which broke all known records for downloads to the pod. And then for the episode we put out last week, where he spoke to Ellis James about what county fans can expect from Hugh Jenkins, given his time in charge of Swansea City. I think it's fair to say that Jamie and I are both huge fans of Ellis's work, so it really did mean the world to have him on our humble pod. Uh, if you've not listened to the episode, please do give it a, les- uh, a listen because it was really, really good. And if you did listen and you enjoyed it, please do recommend it to a friend. I also wanted to give a big shout out to some of our generous listeners who've thrown in a few pennies via our Ko-Fi account over the last few weeks. Um, we haven't been doing what we've been meaning to do of give you a, a mention on the pod, so I want to name check the following let's have a look Crawford Daniel Hayreen Dr Bad Vibe Joe John D Gareth Howells Tony and Hamid thank you all for putting in the price of a coffee uh, towards the running of the pod doing that means that we can keep putting out more episodes um, we can help to grow the pod we can do a few bits and bobs behind the scenes that just make it sound a little bit more professional so um, yeah really really appreciate that um, anyone who wants to uh Donate towards the running costs. If you go to co-fi.com slash 1912xiles, there's a link in the show notes. You can do so. You can also uh, leave comments on there. I did laugh at uh, John D, who said he wanted to hear more nudity uh, on the pod. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, John. If you can't afford to chip in towards the running costs, that's absolutely fine. But do spread the word. You know, Give us a, a recommendation to a friend or a, a nice review somewhere. On to business. In a moment, we're going to analyse in depth yesterday's defeat to Harrogate, which um, yeah, really did get people talking, as we shall hear. 
But let's go back in time first to Tuesday night and the game against Colchester. Uh, I went along with my friend and friend of the pod, Simon. Um, he only comes to a couple of games a season, but he always gives an honest assessment about how good or bad County are. We watched the game from the North Terrace, which was uh, an unusual vantage point for me, but it was good fun. Um, got a really different perspective on the game from behind the goal, and it did rather lay bare our defensive frailties and some of the defensive chaos in the first half with yeah the gaps we were leaving in the centre being uh, very apparent but anyway on the drive home afterwards Simon and I recorded a few thoughts about the game so let's hear that clip right so back in the car after that one a chilly night in the port but a 2-1 win coming from behind to beat Colchester I'm with Simon um my first question to you, Simon, is were County lucky? Did we ride our luck or did we earn our luck tonight? I think we rode our luck tonight. Um, we were not good first half and lucky to go in level at the break and then a much, much improved second half. And then you think it's all wrapped up when they go down to 10 men. And even then it felt, I and mean, we were at the opposite end and couldn't see it properly, but it felt we were one deflection or shot away from uh, an equaliser, which I think would have been quite morale-destroying at, at, at that late stage. So a bit lucky, but we'll take it, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and that M-word, morale, I think it was one of those where we weren't great first half, but we played okay we were you know giving as good as we got for chunks of it and I think I said to you not long before we conceded the goal and it was probably my fault tempting fate and all that that we were it felt a little bit more robust than some of the more recent performances and then we concede a goal and you think oh dear we're going to be up against it and see I'm going to slightly disagree with you because I think in terms of luck We've had a few things go against us in recent games, and Ian talked again at the weekend about at Salford, on another day we might have got something out of that game, blah, blah, blah. Today, two deflections gave us our two goals, but, and I made this point to you in the game, sometimes you do make your own luck, right? The, the, the play leading up to both goals, especially the second, I thought, was really good. There was some really nice intricate passing in the box. And you've got to have the bodies in the box so that you get the deflection. And, and I thought, all right, we were lucky with the goals being deflected in, but they didn't come out of nowhere. And then the second half performance, the spirit, the industry, the energy, the application all the high press we came out with a clear plan don't give them any time on the ball harry them make them make mistakes and we did that exceptionally well and you're right colchester had chances to equalize but they didn't and i feel like that was a really big win tonight and with another home game on saturday that's put us in in the right place so i'm i'm a pretty happy man um, the other question I was going to ask you, because you know you famously come to one or two county games a season, who stood out for you tonight? Who were the players who uh, impressed? Oh, that is a good question. Um, because I'm not, I'm not sure. I think Bogle in the second half was doing some nice touches and layoffs that that, that created chances um, uh, more than than perhaps Evans up front and. Yeah, that's where I'd probably leave it. Otherwise, I kind of feel, yeah, team team effort. 
Um, no, no particular standouts for me. I'm going to give a word to James Waite, who I thought was uh, a real terrier. He was a complete pain in the backside for Colchester today, especially that second half, chasing every ball, snapping around their ankles. They just could not get rid of him. And the number of times he was winning possession for us uh, and then playing a sensible pass, I thought he was... Um, really instrumental in the second goal um, yeah I, th- I thought um, big shout out to James White who, who played exceptionally well and I also thought Kipan Rai when he came on you know okay he was brought in to just keep them uh, keep them honest in defence and chase lost causes and stuff but I thought he did it really well and he was very very clever um, the way he he uh, played in the build up to the sending off um, shepherding the ball out being big and strong on the ball getting the reaction out of their player I thought that was uh, that was well done as well but yeah big three points tonight it really felt like the crowd it wasn't a big crowd there but they were really up for it got behind the team in the second half that was that was good fun enjoyed that proper blood and thunder game and I'm looking forward to Saturday so we will we will leave it there I think Simon great yeah no I think an important game to have got the three points and uh, yeah that's one out of one for me uh, scene one 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 that'll do for me perfect lovely stuff so that was Tuesday night um very much a feeling I think of having got away with it and ridden our luck somewhat and then Coming into the Harrogate game, it gave us all, yeah, a much needed boost of confidence, I think. But but we all know what happened after that. Well, to discuss that game against Harrogate, I'm joined by Dan Williams. Dan made his 1912 Exiles debut with a, a really lovely match diary from Crew uh, a little while ago. And having bumped into him on the terrace yesterday, I wanted to get him back on. So welcome, Dan. Uh, good morning, Ed. Yeah, shame I'm coming on again after a defeat. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah a, I don't think it's you. You're not a curse. But um, yeah, we, we could do with you reporting on a win at some point soon. Um, let's kind of start it off in general terms then. First up, what were your overall impressions and your main takeaways from the game yesterday? Well, I thought it was a very flat performance from the whole team, from Spence through to attack. And the goals particularly were very, very sloppy. Especially it seemed to be a problem with them coming down the right hand side onto McLaughlin. He should have been closing down a lot more intensely with what Cotton's been trying to get into the team. And still it seemed to be probably the flattest performance of the season in terms of Harrogate weren't a great side. They'd yeah. be their best players on the bench. That that point about closing down, it there were definitely some echoes from Tuesday night where it took for us to go behind, and in fact, against Harrogate, it took for us to go two behind before we really started doing the high-press, intense stuff. Do you think that's partly just because the players are physically shattered because they're, you know, we've got a small pool and because of all the injuries, they're all having to play a lot of games, or is it is it something else? I, I think it's probably the intensity of the, of the training, maybe, because he's always talking about being the fittest team in the in the league. But look at the, the injuries. None of the injuries have been caused by tackles, have they? They're all pulled up. Yeah. Palmerhold, Brentford, Charlie, Adam Lewis just went down innocuously, it seems, in Salford. Jameson at Crew went down under no challenge. It's something that, yeah, Cochlin, like Flynn, have seized on that, you know, we can't have the biggest budget, we can't be bringing in, you know, the biggest squad, but what we can be is the fittest team. And so they do, I think it's probably, it is true, that I think they do kind of beast them a little bit in, in training, and I can understand why. The flip side of that is, like you say, especially because we're also signing players who are often have injury records. That's that's why they're at Newport County. You've got players who are technically good but made of glass. It does then end up costing us, I suppose. We should have taken 
seven points from this week, really, but it's only been three. I thought we should we should have won at Salford. We obviously won on Tuesday, and we, we should have got a draw yesterday when we played second half, second half or second half, especially. See, I'm not sure about that because Cochrane. Some fans were saying, and Cochrane was saying that we deserved to get something out of that game yesterday. I sort of felt like, you know, we had a good twenty, thirty minutes in the second half, but even though Harrogate, like you say, were a, a bang average side, I just felt like we we deserved nothing really. We we didn't seem to have a good enough game plan, and you can't play well for a third of a game and expect to take anything. You know, you've got to be on it for much longer than that. And and also, we only really started playing when Harrogate were two 0 up. I, I think if they'd needed to find an extra gear, they they perhaps would have done. It just it felt like they went two 0 up, sat back a little bit. All right, we got the goal, and then we did come on to them. We did have a go, and and on another day, Will did kind of snatch the point. But I think even if we got a point, I'd have felt like we'd it would have been like Colchester, uh, a proper kind of smash and grab. Yeah, I agree. I, I was particularly disappointed with the second goal as well from on the corner, very similar to the first goal at Salford near post. Last year, we seemed so good set pieces offensively and defensively. And this year, it seems to be we're conceding sloppy goals from set pieces, just switching off. I don't know if that's a lack of organisation or... And you'd think that Coughlin, as a former centre-back, I mean, he's, he's very good at drilling in the basics. And that was one where we let the ball bounce in our own penalty box. I mean, that's kind of schoolboy stuff. It was it was awful to see that goal go in. Well, I, I watched it back this morning and I noticed it was Wilding, Bonsoir and Bogle all missed the ball. Should we have a centre-half attack in the near post, like in a zonal marking? Should it be should have been Debry or... Obviously, Delaney's got to be marking their main man. He's our best mm. player in the air. We have someone, remember when well, we had Robry and Courtney, Baker Richardson all used to defend the near post. You know, we haven't seen to do that defensively now this season. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's only Sutton who've conceded more than us this year. And what we would give for a clean sheet at the moment, just to, I, I almost feel like a clean sheet's more important than a win. You know, just if we could get a couple of nil-nil draws, just remind ourselves, actually, we, we're not bad at defending, we, or at least we shouldn't be bad at defending with, with the players we've got and the manager we've got. So we we threw things open to listeners after the game yesterday and um, we were overwhelmed by the responses. It really was one of the, those games that got people talking. So thank you to everyone who sent in comments. We had far too many for me to read out individually. Um, but what intrigued me were there were a lot of areas of consensus that I'm going to ask you about, Dan. You know, they say that there's there's a wisdom in crowds. And so I wanted to talk about the four specific points that it seemed lots of people were all individually talking about. So the first was about the the kind of plan of attack yesterday. So Stu, Tony, Daniel Hareen, Sam all kind of made the point that we were just kind of lumping predictable long balls up to Evans and to Bogle, who are objectively our best two strikers, but are they necessarily our best partnership? What I don't know, what did you make of that? Well, I personally think that um, we've been so wasteful from set pieces attacking as well. We had five corners yesterday, eight corners Tuesday, and six corners last Saturday. And apart from Evans having one shot from a corner on Tuesday night, we haven't looked like scoring a goal. And last year, if we'd had that many corners, I guarantee you we'd have scored. With with regards to the long ball, I just don't think there's any link between the defence and midfield. There's not someone sitting in there like I hate to say it, like Matty Dolan would do and kind of pick it up. Maybe he would have sprayed ten into the crowd, but he might have done one Hollywood pass and someone would have been in. But I just think we really with Bogle and Evans, it doesn't work. It didn't work last season, and you look how well Evans played with Palmer Holden. That kind of pressing from the front, defending 
pressing in like a pack. It seems I, I like Bogle, but it seems like he's not a Newport County striker. You know what I mean? He's not. On that, that I think the the best point I read about this was from uh, Dave, who does the Arastidion uh, account, who who texted me yesterday and said. It's mad that Bogle has scored dozens of goals for us, but we still haven't worked out how to play to his strengths, which I think is is true. You know, we know if you play Will Evans up front with um, a, a big unit like Seb Palmer Holden, then then that works. But Bogle, I, I, yeah, we haven't worked out what's who's the right partner for him. Like the only good partnership seems to be James Waite and Bogle seem to have quite a good understanding, but Bogle and Evans seem to just play different on different wavelengths. Seems that they're always. Like in each other's way, when the ball's coming long, they're both going for it. No one's running off the shoulder. And maybe it's a case of waiting for Zanzala to be fit and he could have a run with Bogle. But well, I, I don't know. I do worry about it going forward. We need really Palmer holding back to get back to that way we were playing the first what, four or five weeks of it. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've, with all the games we've got coming up in October, um, and the relatively limited options we've got—that's that's not ideal either. But I, I kind of feel like we can't we can't keep having games where we're just playing the way we are. Yesterday, we've either got to change the supply line to the front two, or we've got to change the front two. But but yeah, that just felt like it was it was bread and butter for the Harrogate centre backs to just head the ball away every time. Thank you very much, you know. Yeah, the Harrogate fullbacks were you know six foot plus as well. They were yeah. second in. It was very organised performance from them. Yeah. I, I I liked the second half when we had Payne down the right and Kiban Rye in front of him. It looked like Kiban Rye was trying to get on the outside and get a cross in. So that's yeah. probably the answer for Bogle is getting the ball in the box. Yeah, well, and and we'll we'll maybe pick up on that um, point actually because um, one of the things that people were talking about. Uh, so let's see, Gabe, uh, Trevor Daniels, Reese were all saying we need to give Payne a start. You know, he was a live wire against Colchester when he came on. He did well yesterday. McLaughlin has turned in a, a couple of kind of so-so performances, although, you know, I think he's a, a solid player. But even if, like a lot of the young lads we've got on loan, Payne makes the odd mistake, does he deserve a go now in in your view? I, I personally does deserve a go because McLaughlin seems to have been done a couple of times on the right-hand side leading into goals, especially, well, the corner for the second goal yesterday, that came from McLaughlin getting done. And Bennett made a great recovery challenge, but obviously went into the corner, resulting for another score. And I thought the first goal as well was just sloppy then our right hand side. So and then you just look at the impact Kane made going forward then second half and how he played coming on Tuesday. It seems a no brainer for me. But is it too much of a weak point having Payne next to Severy? Two very inexperienced players on the right hand side of the defence playing a back four? Well, I, that then brings me on to the the third point that um people were talking about, and I think you were one of the ones making this point, that do we need to maybe Make the sh- make the the shift back to a kind of back five because when Coughlin came in and he needed to solidify things, he stuck with that five at the back. Um, and arguably, we've signed players who are better suited to playing as as wing backs rather than full backs. So if we play Bonswell on the left and then either Payne or McLaughlin again at Swindon, would they be better in a back five so they can bomb forward? Assuming, of course, that we've got three fit centre halves to to put in the middle. Well, yeah, I, I personally know that's the right way to go, and. I don't know why it hasn't happened, but Scott Bennett could drop back and McLaughlin could fill his place in the midfield. And then you've got room for Payne, McLaughlin, both playing. And McLaughlin's got the energy in midfield. We've seen him strike the ball like we did with Barrow at home. Great goal. And I, I think that's probably the way. But then it's, it's that three at the back, is it? We haven't got the numbers. We've got five defenders injured. We could 
play Baker, Drysdale, Jameson, Clark and Adam Lewis. But they're all injured and there's no return on the horizon for a few of them. It's just worrying times. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a there's a better back five sat in the physios room than there is available to, to pick. But I mean, yeah, I, I feel like maybe because the priority at the moment needs to just be on not not conceding, I'd almost be tempted to kind of try a like five four one, you know, give up choose some of the attacking options in midfield, the the likes of weight, maybe even Wood the, or stick Evans back in more of a kind of midfield role, and let's just try and grind out a clean sheet. You know, there there may be something in that. Um, the final point that got made was. Do we need to maybe give Nick Townsend a rest? So uh, let's see, he was talking about this, Nigel, Paul Williams, Chris Simmons, making the point that Townsend's shot stopping hasn't been great. Maxstead maybe deserves a chance to show what he can do. He'll he'll no doubt get a chance uh, on Tuesday night at Cheltenham in the in the Spotify trophy. But would you maybe give Maxstead a bit of a longer run just to just to mix things up a bit? Well, I think maybe he'd give the defence a bit more, a new voice, maybe he could organise a bit better. Townsend does seem quiet he's only shite when he's considered a goal possibly he was unsighted yesterday he didn't seem to move for that, for that first one did he no he possibly unsighted if uh, Max said sorry plays well Tuesday then I would throw him in against Swindon because I remember last year Nick, Nick didn't have a good game away at Swindon so I know that's the last year but still I, I think maybe it's time to make a change he's had, he's had a good run time then, but he's got an experienced league two keeper on the bench I mean, just what harm can it do with the shipping goals? So let's give them a run. I, I do agree with the general consensus that you could change a goalkeeper. I mean, it's it's a strange thing where you know we're right down to the bare bones of the squad. We can't name a full bench, and yet, yeah, as fans, we're we're lobbying for for changes. But I think it it definitely felt yesterday like it was one of those unacceptable kind of performances where people do want to see a reaction and again it's not a criticism necessarily of Coughlin who's working with the tools he's got and I thought his post-match comments yesterday were were bang on the money but I think there there was quite a lot of of anger really yesterday you know I don't tend to get angry about Newport County games because life's too short but I did come away feeling fuming yesterday that against a poor side we'd we'd not done well Um, just a couple of other points that that came up I mean there was a lot of griping about the officials in general yesterday I mean I'm not sure whether even if they'd given every decision county's way we necessarily would have got anything from the game but what did you make of it well it's very stop start we couldn't really get any flow with any possession but then when we did have possession we did <laughs> do anything with it anyway so I think that's a bit of a lazy tired excuse the one thing that I did think was maybe fair about that is there was a lot of if you're going to do stop start officiating and punish every foul then you need to be consistent with it. And, you know, we have the usual thing of opposition defenders climbing all over Bogle and, and Evans, and that doesn't get given, but yet niggly little challenges elsewhere on the park do. Like I, I really want to see a fourth division referee say early on at the first attempt at, you know, climbing on Omar Bogle, right, that is a foul. And if you keep doing it, you will get a yellow card, you know, because once a defender knows they won't get away with it, they'll have to think of something else. Yeah, there's one point yesterday where I, I think it must have been four Harrogate defenders were around Bogle and Bogle got penalised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were all at some point touched him in the final find the ball was in the air. I do feel sorry for Bogle because he's probably not the best as a back to back to goal striker. He's probably needs the ball into his feet a bit more. But he's got to try and bring the high, the high ball down and he's getting penalised all the time. Yeah, and should get ripped all the time. The club's probably can't afford anymore. Bogle manager. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the thing we talked about before that. You know, because he's a big, strong player, we tend to hoof balls up to him. But 
firstly, I don't think that's his game. And secondly, opposition defenders at this level know how to deal with that. Whereas if you get it into his feet, he, he tends to be much more innovative um, than perhaps you'd, you'd expect. So, um, yeah. Um, and the other point that was made about the officiating, yeah, Paul was talking about the inconsistent application of the, the handball rule, which I think we did see a little bit yesterday. I mean, I'm very old fashioned with this. I'm, I'm of the view that it has to be intentional and very rarely is, but that's not the, uh, that's not the, the rule anymore. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. When you compared watching like, the VAR and all that, I, I am still glad we've got officials and we can, if the referee decision's fine or, that's it. I'd rather that. I'd rather be supporting a league two club than having the game stop for minutes on end. Without the Hallelujah! Answer. I couldn't agree with yeah. you more. Um, okay, well, we're going to wrap it up there because I, I, I think we've done some good uh, examination of the the key learning points from yesterday. But I don't want to dwell on it because I'm depressed enough already. But um, let's finish with all the good stuff. So, player of the pod, who has stuck out over the last couple of games for you, Dan? Uh, I'd have to say Scott Bennett. I, I mean, his legs have probably go in. But I, I think his, his recovery tackle has been in the right position, a simple pass, and he's really been outstanding, I think. And I, yeah, so the last three games, I think he's had, he's had great games. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I've liked Bennett the last few games. I've liked White. I think I'm going to give it to Ryan Delaney, though, because you know he is kind of last man standing in terms of experienced first choice leader in the back line and you know he can't do everything and he didn't have a perfect game yesterday but um, I could see why he got man of the match and uh, you know he was very good on Tuesday as well so I will go with him uh, shout out some beefs uh, well, I would say the atmosphere on the North Terrace yesterday afternoon the super lads they kept the singing going when the team wasn't really inspiring them but they, they kept going hopefully those lads will keep coming over to Rodney Parade and making some noise because fair play to them yeah, I thought the atmosphere was really good Tuesday night as well. And I think I said on Twitter, fair play. I thought Colchester brought a decent number, given it, you know, that's a half day off work and, and getting back in the middle of the night. And they made a decent noise, which meant the county fans were also making a decent noise. By the end, I thought Tuesday night was it was a, a really good, proper atmosphere and a proper blood and thunder game. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, any beefs? My beef is the cost of ticket price for Swindon away. £27 <laughs> is, uh, is uh, disgusting uh, to watch a fourth division match. Yeah. You're pricing it. If you've got to take two kids, just to add on your petrol, the food, just hundred quid a day to watch a fourth division match. Just, yeah. Uh, scandal. And Swindon and crew was 27 times, by the way, earlier in the season. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. It really is a lot of money. I think that's a, a point well made. Great. Well, um, Dan, thank you very much for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. Yeah, no problem, Ed. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, a quick reminder for listeners uh, that our intro music is by the wonderful Tinty in the Bucket Hats, who I see are playing at Rodney Parade on Bonfire Night. So do catch them live if you can. And you can also buy their music through all the usual places. That wraps us up for today. We will hopefully be back next weekend with reaction to that game at Swindon. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other. And above all, keep it county. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.